0: Welcome to the Riverside Church podcast. Riverside Church is a community of believers striving side-by-side side for the gospel in the greater New Orleans area. For more information about Riverside Church, go to riversidelife.org. Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 22 and following. Paul is showing us something in Galatians that I'm not sure if I've mentioned this directly already, but he's showing us something that maybe we haven't quite said yet that the gospel is worth fighting for. Uh, In this early church, in the Galatians church, and these churches throughout Galatia that this letter is written to, they have strayed from the gospel. They have drifted from the gospel. They're no longer living by the gospel. They're not living in step with the Spirit, is what Paul is saying. And he's saying this is worth fighting for. And he's been talking about that throughout the letter, that in a very passionate letter he is writing to the churches in Galatia that if anyone preaches another gospel, uh, let them be accursed. That this is serious business because what we forfeit, if we do not trust Christ as is proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we are forfeiting our inheritance. There is no life, there is no eternal life apart from eternal life in Christ Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life of no one comes to the Father except through Him. And the only way we come to the Father, the only way we come to Jesus is by grace alone, through faith alone, in the finished work of Christ alone. It is not by works, lest anyone should boast. This is a free gift. Even faith is a gift from God. It's all grace. It's all by the work of Christ. And This is worth fighting for. Our, Our inheritance is at stake. People's lives are at stake. And what Paul begins to show us throughout the end of this letter as we're starting to get this gospel application. So, okay, Paul, we get this. That the gospel is worth fighting for because of eternal life is at stake. So how then should we live? And, and something Paul is saying throughout this letter is that we are to live in step with the spirits. That we are to live lives that are in step with the gospel. That this is not just something we proclaim, but this is something that we live by. Paul says that at the end of this list. This is probably a very familiar passage for most of us. The fruit of the Spirit, those nine uh, parts of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Perhaps we know those. Perhaps you know them by heart. But look what Paul is saying at the end of this. He says he says this, that such, against such things there is no law. Look at verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, then we also are to keep in step with The Spirit. And so here's what I want want us to get after this morning. If we proclaim the gospel and live the gospel, as Paul's been saying throughout this letter, and if we live in step with the gospel, is that the way that we live reflects the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If that is true, then that means we live in step with the Spirit. And so the questions I want us to ask this morning at the front end of this, how do we notice whether or not the Spirit is moving among us? That's what Paul's after. Our inheritance is at stake and living by this gospel. What's at stake is, is the Spirit of God moving among us. The gospel is our life. We're raised to life, Galatians 5.25, by the Spirit. And we also walk in step with the Spirit. It's how we're raised to life and it's how we live our lives As Christians, so let me form it in a couple questions that I was thinking through this week that I want to present to you up front. First, have you even been sensitive to the work of the Spirit? Here's what I mean. Are you even looking for the work of the Spirit in your life and in the life of this church? Are you even asking God, give me eyes to behold the work of the Spirit among God's people and in my own life? So I want to challenge you with that question. Have have you even been sensitive to that? Have you even been looking for the work of the Spirit? Or you've trusted in Christ through faith and you've kind of left the gospel behind and you're just living every day, not even looking for how the gospel is forming your life. So first, are you even sensitive? Second, if you are looking, if you are sensitive to these things, what are you looking for? And here's what I mean by that. What is it that when you see it, you say, man, that was the Spirit working in my life. Or man, when I gathered with God's people at Riverside Church this past Sunday, man, I, I saw the movement of the Spirit in, what is it? And perhaps you know why I'm asking that. oftentimes we we talk about signs and wonders and feelings and emotions and things like that as, as being things of seeing the Spirit move. But but Paul's very clear that that's not what it's all about. He even says that in Galatians, I mean, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, if you have all of these signs and wonders but have not love, which we will see as the first fruit of the Spirit, then you're just a begging gong. You're just a symbol. That means nothing. So here's my point. Are you looking? And what are you looking for? What would you see? That is the work of the Spirit, and I give God the glory for that. Remember the context of where we're at here, just to remind you a little bit. This is the logical conclusion, the logical application of being saved by grace. It's not returning to the law as the Judaizers had been telling these Galatians to do, return to circumcision, that you must do this in order to be saved. If we are walking by grace, it's not a call to return to the law, That's not the fruit as a return to the law. The fruit is what we see here in Galatians chapter 5. And so here's the main point. If we live by the Spirit, we must also keep in step with the Spirit. We live not by the flesh, but by faith in the Son of God. A life of faith in step with the gospel is a life of faith in step with the Spirit That's what we're after this morning. So how do we know the Spirit is working among us? Before I even want to get us to the list of the fruit of the Spirit, here's point number one. As we kind of ask those questions, are we sensitive and what are we looking for? Here's point number one. How do we know that the Spirit is working among us? First, let's ask this question. What's our agenda? What's the agenda? What are you after because Paul is laying out for us in Galatians chapter 5 these competing agendas of the flesh and the spirit. We saw the flesh last week, that the flesh is after one thing and the spirit is after another. And we see what's being produced in this church as they see these conflicting agendas as some saying you're saved by law, some are saying you're saved by grace alone, that they're biting and devouring each other. The The church is divided. Look what it says in Galatians 5.15. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. They're not loving one another. They're not displaying the fruit of the Spirit. And they have competing agendas, and they are at each other's throat. This false gospel that has seeped into the church, this drift away from the gospel that that they heard, has caused them to turn on each other. Which is a sign of the flesh and not of the spirit. When we turn from the gospel, we start to have competing agendas of flesh and spirit, and we turn on each other. Their actions have proved that they had left the gospel. Not only have they left the gospel in word, but they have left the gospel in deed. Let's say it positively that gospel culture will, doctrine, gospel doctrine will produce gospel culture. And Paul is saying that you've missed it. They have competing agendas and they're at each other's throats. And at the heart of it is not just this person sees it this way and this person sees it that way, but one's living by the flesh and some are living by the Spirit. And here's the truth. We tend to err with the side of the flesh. Here's what I mean by that. We tend to submit to the flesh rather than the Spirit. Have you noticed that in your life? That perhaps you experience this competing agenda just in your personal life as you walk through your everyday. And we tend to err on the side of flesh. Meaning, we tend to make excuses for our sin rather than pursuing holiness. Holiness. We tend to err on the side of flesh and be conformed to this world instead of going with the Spirit and following the Spirit and being transformed and seeing Christ found in us. Maybe you've experienced that in your own life, this competing agenda. God has called you to do something and you say, well, that's just not me. And if you say that, good news, you're just about there. That's not me. Good. That's the spirit at work in me. So I will follow the spirit. I will submit to the spirit. Not quench the spirit and live by the spirit. Oftentimes we say, "Oh God has called me to share the gospel with that person." That's just not me. Oh, it's good. Watch the spirit work in your life. Don't err on the side of that's what the spirit is after. Follow the spirit. My point is that even internally, we have this competing of agendas. The flesh is after our own agenda. The spirit is after God's agenda. The flesh, we get what we produce in our own sinful nature. In the spirit, we get what God produces. In the flesh, we get what we can do. By the spirit, we get what God can do. Do you want what God can do or what you can do? I want what God can do, but I struggle with this, and perhaps you do too. And If we struggle with this in a church, we'll see a divided church as we see in Galatia. The flesh is after, I said this last week, but I'll say it again. The flesh is after self-exaltation. The Spirit is after Christ-exaltation. So here's my first thing. How do we know? How do we know? What's your agenda? We see the agenda of the flesh. We see the agenda of the Spirit is for Christ to be formed in us. The flesh is after our own or we after God's. We want what the Spirit can do or what God can do. We see this competing agenda in our lives, and so perhaps that 's where you start. How do I know when I see the spirit at work in my life where I feel this this tension, what Paul says in Romans chapter seven, these desires, this flesh that God is still cutting out of my heart and getting rid of in my life, I still struggle with that. that is a sign that the spirit is working in your life and in the church well what are we after? what are our agendas there 's these competing agendas. This is what Paul says in 5.18. If you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So that's the question. What are we being led by? What are we submitting to? What's our agenda? Here, here's another thing we can ask. So how do we know? What's our agenda? How do we know that the Spirit's at work among us? What is our source of power? What is our? We're not even talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit yet, but we have to ask, What? how do we see the Spirit? What's the source of Your power. For the Galatians, they wanted to return to the law, but Paul has been clear that that, the law has never been your source of power. The law is a mirror to show us where we fall short of the glory of God. The law is a restrainer of evil, but the law was never meant to be our power. The law was never meant to be our power. The law was weakened by the flesh and could not do what we needed to do, but God has done it for us in Jesus Christ. We're led by the Spirit. If we're led by the Spirit If our agenda is the Spirit, we're not under the law. We have a power within us that doesn't come from the law. And just to be sure, this has always been the point. Jeremiah chapter 4, 4 says this, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and remove it from your hearts. It was after the circumcision of your hearts. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 16 says the same thing. When the Lord is talking about the law, he says in Deuteronomy ten sixteen, therefore c- circumcise your hearts and no longer be stubborn. God was always after the heart. A heart, a power that comes from within, a power from the spirit through a transformed heart. The sign of the covenants. For them, circumcision has always been powerless by itself. It was meant to point to an inward reality. And so the question is, what are we relying upon for our power? How do we see the Spirit? What's our agenda and what's our power? What are we trusting in? Are we trusting in our traditions? Are we trusting in our law keeping? Are we trusting in the power of the Spirit within us? One author writes, what does Paul mean by, if you're led by the Spirit, you are no longer under the law? It is probably best to translate, as one says, if as sin. So since you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, if that's who you are in Christ. Paul's already described in this letter that living under the law leads to being under a curse, under sin's power, under a guardian and slavery under the elemental forces of the world, and in need of redemption. Therefore, the point is that life in the Spirit brings a whole new way of life. This verse does not mean that you will have freedom to sin, as we've seen, but a freedom from sin. And if you have new desires and new power to please God by bearing the fruit of the Spirit's. So the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for it does what the law could not do in that it transforms our heart so our very desires are changed. That we no longer desire the things of the flesh but we desire the fruit of the spirit. We desire to be transformed to the image of Christ. We desire to be transformed and we desire to get what God can do. It changes our agenda. So no longer hear this, do we live under the crushing weight of the law, but we live by the dynamic power of the Spirit. So where does our power come from? It comes from the gospel that has transformed our hearts. Here's what Paul's after. If we're led by the Spirit, he says we're no longer under the law that you are. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. You are no longer under the law's condemnation. You are no longer under the law's condemnation because now you are fulfilling the law in the way that you love God, for he has transformed your heart. That's what Paul meant in Romans 8, 4, where he said that Christ has died in order that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, how? According to the Spirit. So how so get so he, what he's getting after, how do you fulfill the law? Not by going back to the law, but by walking by the Spirit. Romans 8.4 says that. When you walk by the Spirit, you fulfill the basic requirement of the law, and you're no longer under the law's condemnation. Because of Christ and His Spirit at work in you. The second sense in which we are no longer under the law, when we walk by the Spirit or are or led by the Spirit, Is that we don't, as one author says, don't feel the pinch or the burden of the law demanding of us what we have no desire to do. So the law changes our position. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the curse of the law has been poured out on Christ... And now we have fulfilled the law as he's transformed our hearts to walk by the Spirit and has sealed us with his Spirit. Now, not only do we have a different position before our God as we are his children, sealed by his Spirit, putting his Spirit inside of us, now we have different desires. He's changed our wanter. We want something different. We want to please him. So how do we know that the Spirit's working among us? Our agendas are different. We live differently every day. We're after something else besides ourselves. How do we know that the Spirit's at work in our church? We're after not just what we want. we're, We're seeking what God wants. How do we know the Spirit's work in our lives? How do we know that we're walking by the Spirit is that We feel the burden lifted from us for we see in the gospel that the burden of the law has fallen upon Christ and now he changes our desires and so not only do we have different agendas, we have different desires in the way that we live. So do you see that in your own hearts? The spirit is sufficient then not only to enable us to avoid the curse of the law but also to empower us to fulfill the law. So where does our power come from? It doesn't come by works. It doesn't come by the law. It comes by the spirits. Are you walking by the spirits? Paul's saying this is how you fulfill the law. Not by returning to the shadows, but by walking by the spirits and bearing fruit. This is what Paul says, that against such things there is no law. Chapter 5, verse 14, kind of sandwiching this in with the fruit of the Spirit. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word You shall love your neighbor as yourself. God has done that in your hearts. So we walk by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. Oftentimes, I think when we're thinking about walking by the Spirit, at least we're living in this way, if we're not thinking this way, we act like we're Fred Flintstone sitting in his car. Remember how his car was powered? Remember Fred Flintstone, when it was time to go down the road? You remember watching that growing up, anybody? He had the big, funky feet, and then they would start moving their feet and kind of move that own car and push their own car down the road. We're going by our own power, going by our own strength, and any progress that we see is because they put the power into it. And Paul is saying, well, Jared's saying now, we're not powered like a Flintstone car. It's more like a locomotive that's pulling us down the track. We're like a train car attached to a locomotive that is pulling us, that's directing us, that is our power, and we're simply following the spirit and watching him work in our lives. Some people say John Bunyan said it like this, but it can't really be attributed to him, but whoever wrote this said it beautifully. It says, "'Run, John, run, the law demands, "'but gives us neither feet nor hands.'" Sweeter news the gospel brings, it bids us fly, and gives us wings. The gospel is our salvation, and the gospel is our power. Why do I say all of this before we even looked at a list of the fruit of the spirits? Because brothers and sisters, I don't want us to be confused that if somehow we are able to achieve love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and all of these things in our own power, that somehow we will fulfill the law. We must understand that this must come from a different power. This is not God laying the law down and saying this is what you must do, but this is how you will notice the spirit moving in your life if you see this fruit in your life. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for signs and wonders? Are you looking for feelings and warm fuzzies? Or are you looking for fruit in your life? The fruit of the Spirit, then, is of a different substance. The works of the flesh will destroy you, as Paul said. They're devouring. The fruit of the Spirit will bring freedom in life. So how do we walk by the Spirit? The answer is plain. We stop trying to fulfill the emptiness of our lives with a hundred pieces of the world, and we put our souls at rest in God. The Spirit will work the miracle of renewal in your life. When you start trusting in Him, day and night and resting in Him. So this comes from a different substance. This isn't anything that we do in our own strength. This is something that is done in the strength of Him who has bought us and saved us the works of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, I should say, are a different substance. They're fruit They comes from a different source. It comes from a heart that's transformed by the gospel. It's not just doing these things. As Paul says, if I give away all that I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing, nothing. They come from a different source. This is so important for us. And it's so hard to understand. It's impossible, it is possible to undertake the most sacrificial acts imaginable and still not please God. To give away all your goods and your own life too and come to nothing in God's eyes. It's Possible to be eulogized by the world as a great person and a great giver and a great lover to be devoted and still not please God. Why? Because what pleases God is walking by the Spirit and being led by the Spirit and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. So we have to answer the question what is the motivation? What is the heart? What is the power? What is the agenda? Is the agenda, let me boil it down to you like this, is the agenda to see Christ formed in others? Is the agenda to show people Christ? Because brothers and sisters, that's the work of the helper, the Spirit, to show people Christ. And so do we love, do we sacrifice, do we give for ourselves, or is it coming out of a heart that's been transformed by the Spirit, a different power with a different agenda that's showing People, Christ, it's fruit. It's something produced in you. It's not work and gain approval. It's trust in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Follow the Spirit. It's a fruit from a different source. It comes in a different substance. And know this about fruit. Have you ever grown fruit before? It takes time to cultivate but it inevitably grows. It will come, it will grow. And so we talk about fruit of the Spirit. Know this, it takes time to cultivate these things. They don't show up overnight. It takes time of acknowledging that you need the Spirit to work your life. It takes time to pray and to trust and to thank God for all He's done in your life. It takes time to rest in Him, to know Him, and to search Him in His Word, to know Him in His Word, to commune with Him in prayer. It takes cultivation, but in all of this, it's walking by faith. Living by faith, resting in Him. For without faith it is impossible to please God. Know something else about this fruit. The agenda's different. The power source is different. It takes time to cultivate, so be patient as the Lord transforms you. And we'll talk about the list here in a second. The last thing I want you to know about this fruit is that it's singular. Always notice this. We don't get to go through this list and pick and choose and say, well, that's just not me. If you have the Spirit of God inside of you, this is the fruit. No S. Fruit of the Spirit. Yes, you may see these in varying degrees as God transforms you, but these are all Fruits, fruit that we are after. It's one fruit, different parts. It is singular. So what will it look like? The agenda will be different. The power source will be different. How will we recognize the Spirit's presence among us? Will it be through gifts? Will it be focused on something we feel? Or will we see His presence in love? Verse 22, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such thing. There is no law. Are you looking for the spirits? Are you loving? What does this mean? To love people means to serve people for their good. And not the perceived value you believe you will receive by loving them. This is loving people for the sake of them. For the sake of loving them. To love them for their sake and to love them sacrificially. To love one another and serve one another. This is how we fulfill the law. So what's the point? That's the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Our agenda in love is for people to be transformed to Christ, for Christ to be formed in them. It comes out of a heart that's been transformed by the gospel so that people might see Christ. When's the last time that you've loved someone sacrificially So, wow, the Spirit's at work in my life? When's the last time you showed up to church and someone's loved you sacrificially? That is the work of the Spirit. Praise God. The Spirit moved among us today as we loved one another. Joy. Delighting in God for His beauty and for who He is. It's the opposite of despair and hopelessness. It's counterfeit as happiness as the result of receiving a blessing rather than joy in the blesser. Joy is a, something that cannot be taken away because it's a joy that's found in the Lord. When's the last time you've ran across someone at church and they're struggling with something, but you still see the joy of the gospel in their lives? You say, man, the spirit was at work among us today because I saw a brother or sister so-and-so, and and my goodness, they were joyful. And every circumstance in this world says they shouldn't be joyful, but they have joy in the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, the spirit was working among us this morning. Did you see it? Usually we say, say something about the about the music or the feel or the style of the sermon or whatever it might be to talk about fruit of the Spirit's love and joy and peace and abiding confidence and rest in the wisdom and plan of God. It replaces anxiety and worry. When's the last time you saw a brother and sister that was not only joyful but was at peace maybe in the face of death? Or was at peace in the face of rebellious children, but still they found peace and confidence in the plan and the wisdom of God. When's the last time you saw that and said, man, Christ was formed in me by beholding that in my brother or sister. When's the last time you experienced that peace and people saw that in your life and Christ was formed in them and you know that peace came from a power, from a source beyond yourself. It was in a substance that was from Christ being formed in you. And the agenda of that peace was that Christ has been formed in you and you want people to see Christ and Christ to be formed. you. it's all about Christ. That's the work of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. <laughs> When's the last time you faced trouble without blowing up or tapping out? Whew. We're long-suffering. The Spirit's at work in your life. When's the last time you were patient with someone else, patient with a child or fellow church member, whatever it might be? When's the last time you were patient with long-suffering with them, didn't snap at them? Because in your heart you want to show them Christ and you know Christ was patient with you. For a while you were yet sinner, Christ died for you and you want to show them Christ. And so your agenda is different. The power that's being formed in you is different. When's the last time someone was patient with you and you said, man, the Spirit was at work in that church today? Kindness. Serving one another practically even when it makes you vulnerable. Not serving to be manipulative or self-promoting. When's the last time someone was kind to you or good to you? Goodness. Being the same person in every situation being faithful, being reliable in every situation, being gentle, strength, but strength that is not self-absorbed, self control pursuing the most important thing and the next best thing and not being impulsive or uncontrolled. When's the last time you've seen that in someone's life or in your own life and you said, praise God, the spirit is working among us. I really feel today that's Certain things have hijacked us from seeing the work of the Spirit among us because we're after these big feeling type things that we say that's the work of the Spirit. But what if we saw the work of the Spirit? Even First Corinthians chapter 13, if you have all the signs and wonders but have not love, it's nothing. What is most important is that the fruit is formed in us. So what will it look like? look a lot like Christ, who loved us, who for the joy set before him, who brings us peace, who's patient with us, kind to us, good to us, he's the same in every situation, faithful to us, he's reliable in every situation, he's gentle with us where he's gentle and lowly in heart, self-controlled. He pursues not impulsive or uncontrolled, but pursues the glory of God in all things. And the fruit of the Spirit, singular, is that Christ would be formed in us. And that Christ would be formed in one another. Do you see the work of the Spirit in your life and among us? Are we spirit filled, spirit following church and people? Let me say it in terms of questions Do you labor for the good of your brothers and sisters? Work of the Spirit? Do you light delight and have joy in the Christ likeness of God's people? Do you strive to maintain unity and peace even when it's costly? Are you patient with people overlooking offenses? Are you kind to others, repaying them with love even when they are offensive? Do you dream up of ways and look for opportunities to do good to others? Are you faithful to do what you say you'll do even in small matters? Do you use your strength to serve the weak? Do you seek to do the best next thing and not just the next desirable thing? Brothers and sisters, that's the work of the spirits. That's cultivated by repenting of our sins, praying, reading the Bible, seeking after him, and submitting to his work in our lives. Brothers and sisters, this is the way. This is walking in step with the spirits. So what do we do? Verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. So the way forward is to remember who you belong to. You belong to Christ. Remember what's been done for you. You've been crucified with Christ. You were bought with a price and you're not your own. You've been raised with Christ. Remember the very reason that you were alive, verse 25, is by the Spirit. That's the only reason you have life in you, spiritual life. You were dead in your sins and trespasses, but you have been raised to life in Christ Jesus. The only way you are alive is because of Christ. The only identity you now have is in Christ. So keep in step. With that spirit. And this is how you will fulfill the law. To love one another as Christ has loved you. Maybe you're thinking, I don't do all of these things as I ought. Well, have I got good news for you. Christ in you is your hope. This will transform our lives, our marriages, our relationships, this church, this community, and this world. If we understand that the movement of the spirit will be a movement of love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So may we pray, God, may your spirit blow through this land to produce in us your fruit so that people might see Christ and Christ in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law.